Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Now launching SECQB in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have lift off. Welcome back. Episode 5, SECQB podcast presented by Believe Sports. Uh, I'm your co-host, Riley Sinyard, joined by our host, Zach Mettenberger. What's up, guys? And our great producer, Mr. Alex Carter. After a big first week of SEC football, some looked great, some looked not so great. We're going to come back and recap on some of our picks. Me and the man, Alex Carter, have a one-game lead after week one predictions over our boy, Mettenberger. I'm sure he'll find a way to come back. It's a long season. Starting off with our new segment that we've been talking about, Center of Attention. We've got former standout and All-American LSU offensive lineman, Ethan Posick, and current Offensive lineman and center for the Seattle Seahawks. Ethan, thanks for joining us, brother. What's up, my guys? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. So uh, with this with this little segment we've created, you know, I'm a former center with, with nowhere near the badges and stripes you've got. But center of attention, centers don't get much attention, as you know. If your name's popping up on the screen, that means a snap went over somebody's head or you missed a blocking assignment and your guy got planted on his rear. Tell everybody a little bit about your journey. Um, I know you're from Illinois originally, how you ended up at LSU in the SEC recruiting um, realm and the atmosphere of that, and, and a little bit of just a synopsis of what your career at LSU was like and your time in Baton Rouge. Yeah, so uh, my brother played at Illinois. He played there for five years, and uh, I kind of just wanted to you know, do something different, go a different route, and uh, you know, wanted to play in the SEC. and. Wanted to, you know, play, definitely play for a team, you know, that was ground and pound. And so LSU was really just the perfect fit. And, you know, when I went down there, hanging out with y'all, uh, just had a great time. So it was a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, if I could go do it all over again, I would do the same thing. Um, a little bit about me, how I got to play center. My brother played center at Illinois. <laughs> he was a pretty big center. So uh, Les Miles, you know, kind of got the idea first day of practice just threw me in there no no warning and uh you know kind of never looked back you know kind of was one of those things they just kind of left me there and you know when they needed me to play guard I played guard and when they needed me to play tackle I played tackle but um definitely like all my training and all my like my mental like like how I learned the plays and everything is always inside out and uh like my technique is like, okay, well, how would I block this if I was at center? How would I do this? So that's just kind of how I learned things. And, uh, you know, it's the best thing for me at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't too happy about it. I just wanted to play, but, uh, like looking back on it, it was the best thing ever. Hey, I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta chime in, dude. First off, dude, you did a hell of a job, you know, coming in as a freshman picking up a system. Granted, you had some dudes playing around you with Trey and Lyle um, and Hawk, you know, so you had, you know, a lot of help uh, and those guys were able to bring you along quickly. But uh, was I your host on your visit? No. uh, Who was your official host? Josh Jurassic. And uh, yes, Jurassic was on his sixth year. Oh, what a legend. (laughs) Yeah, we all went to bogeys. both nights and uh shit I, we would have went sunday too if they would have allowed it uh, <laughs> but we had a great it time. always goes back to bogeys uh clayton can you hear me we miss you 
<laughs> that's where I met posing for the first time. And the only time we've ever met, I told him, I said, I saw you come in, you're on your official visit. He was grinning ear to ear. We're at the tent outside underneath the tent on the stage outside of bogeys. And I was like, I don't know much about this kid. I think I was talking to you, Matt, maybe Durasic and neighbors. And I was like, I think he's coming here. He looks like he's having a dandy time. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but Post, to, to touch on what you just said. So, you know, a lot of people, not only just people that are listening to this show, but a lot of people, the average uh, college football fan, um, just to highlight the center position and the offensive line in general, a lot of people don't realize um, not only you're a six foot seven, six foot eight guy, you, you know, you're 300 plus pounds, you're throwing weights around in the weight room. People think, oh, these guys are just big old meaty boys. Talk a little bit about the brain power. You know, that I had somebody tell me one time that the smartest people on the football field are in a vertical line down the middle of the field from strong safety to middle linebacker to center to quarterback, then to your tailback. Talk about how you learned the center position and how that translated for you being able to play guard and play tackle and then how that, you know, emphasize your ability to get to the next level in the NFL. Yeah. So the way I learned things is inside out and like who the, the center's idea is, who the mic point is in the run game. So, you know, if the center knows, all right, I'm man, he's man here, then, you know, the guard knows, all right, I'm working with the tackle here, vice versa. And, um, you know, in the past game, you know, the center runs the show center has got the call, uh, in the NFL center and quarterback do. Um, but so it's just good to be on top of that, having that, just that training of like that, that just that like command of like owning it and like just, you know, being in the heat of fire and doing it is it's those live like reps that just like that, that make it. So dude, the biggest reason I wanted to have this segment, dude, is like, I, you know, everyone's like quarterback's hardest position and, and being a quarterback, you know, I always try to deflect that. And I, I, firmly believe O-line's toughest position and uh, obviously center being the, you know, the de facto leader of that group, it's especially hard just on a communication standpoint, but, you know, can you elaborate like how one run play can change to a hundred different blocking schemes based on odd, even under over front a guy, six inches, is he head up on you, Ethan, or is he on, is he on your right shoulder? Like it's, it's insane, isn't it? You know, and just having to comprehend all that and how's that process work for you? And, you know, how's, has it always been easy for you? No, I wouldn't say it's ever easy. And I would say, you know, my mindset is with everything in football, it's just always under construction, like the plays, um, you know, we here in Seattle this year, we're running out a brand new system, uh, not brand new, but brand new to us, just the way we ID things. And, um, the run game and the pass game. So I'd say it's just always under construction. You're always just learning because th- when you're not learning, that's when you're getting worse. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's so many different fronts. Um, you know, I don't need to get into all that, but you know, there's a different calls for each one and everything. And, um, that's where just having those live reps under your belt, I feel like is the big thing. And, you know, NFL, it's all about walkthrough because you only get so many reps in a day. So you got to take advantage of those reps and, uh, you know, really just work on, you know, the basics of, you know, the calls and all that. That's how I really got better with it. And uh, kind of piggyback on that. Obviously, when you're starting, you know, you know, weekly, you, you and Russ probably sit and watch film protection wise, right on like, you know, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Do y'all usually do that? Yeah, we. Uh, so we we have a players like like a players optional meeting on Tuesday, just the players, and we just go through some things, uh, stuff like that. Uh, 
Wednesday after practice, we run through uh, like the protection plan here and there, and then we run through it again. So we do that Wednesday night, Thursday morning, run through it with the QBs, running backs, whole line. Um, and then once again on Friday, just make sure we're all on the same page. We eat breakfast together, just go through it one more time. So, yeah, that's a big thing is just everyone being on the same page because if we're all – on the same page and it might be the wrong call, then we're all right. Dude. And, and a hundred percent, again, it just goes back to everyone thinking, you know, the biggest guys who look dumb, they ain't. I would say this, why O-line is one of the harder positions. It's one of the only positions in sports that you play with your back to the ball, right? You play to the back with your back to the ball and pass plays you have to stop a man moving forward while you're moving backward. It's it's dude. And you're, and you're banging every play. And when you're not blocking, you're coming off the ball and you're smacking another guy in the face with your head repeatedly hundred snaps a game, you know? Well, that's the fun part. Uh, sure. <laughs> but that's also what adds to the difficulty of it. Right. People are like, Oh, quarterback's so tough. Look, dude, I don't have to block a 350 pound nose tackle after identifying the front say uh, front seven. And then, you know what? I'm good enough as a center. I saw safety rotation and I was able to redirect the, the pass protection without the quarterback's help, you know, like it's insane what these guys do. And I just, you know, there's never enough appreciation for you guys posting. You know, I'm truly in awe of what y'all do, you know, on a weekly basis. So coming from LSU, uh, a powerhouse SEC program where you got a ton of playing time, a ton of years, ton of experience, a ton of accolades. How well did that transition you into the NFL compared to some of these guys that are coming from non-power five schools or schools with uh, not the same resources, same exposure, same uh, coaching development? How ready were you once you got, I mean, we, we know you've had early success in the NFL, obviously. How easy was it for you to transition and how much did you have to lean on veterans and guys like your quarterback, Russell Wilson, uh, to kind of learn and position yourself to be great? Going back to the first part, I would say in college, I had uh, Jeff Grimes. Uh, he was my line coach and uh, I still talk to him a lot to this day. And, uh, you know, he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about the game and, uh, you know, schemes, everything, technique, everything. So, you know, I got got to give a lot of credit to uh, Jeff Grimes. And then once I got to the NFL, you know, just leaning on my coaches in the NFL. Uh, my first year, I had Coach Cable. Uh, my next four years, including this one, I have uh, Coach Solari. And then we just brought in uh, Andy Dickerson from the Rams. He's doing a real good job. Um, so, you know, I would just say just always learning, like like I said earlier in the podcast, like it's always under construction. So, uh, and then at the at the end of that you know it's at the end of the day you know we play this game to have fun you know so just finding fun in it and uh just having fun of it and you know i wouldn't be going out there if it wasn't fun 100 hey which coach which coach says under construction all the time that's one of my new sayings is it really yeah that's one of mine that's one of my Dude, new things i it's just it's funny because like you know a coach can kind of like subliminally brainwash oh, you with like whatever their quote a quote of the week or quote of the month is and i was just like man is pete is pete been saying that through training camp <laughs> no no that's that's one of my uh that's one of my my own quotes i like it man because look dude you never finished project and you always can learn and get better um so my, my last question, and we can probably tie it off after this, you know, just, just being a quarterback, I'm always wondering how, how different guys operate 
Um, you know, I've been around a couple of good ones, but I never had, you know, the luxury to be around a guy like Russ. Um, you know, how, how does he operate week to week and kind of how tight of a ship does he run? I would say he's just super consistent and he is the definition of a competitor. The dude just wants to win and, you know, he's on his stuff to the T and, uh, you know, we always feel like we have a chance. It's, there's never a time where we don't feel like we don't have a chance, you know, he's our leader. And yeah, I'd say it's just his consistency that I see. I see his consistency just in this game, being a leader, his work ethic, obviously. Dude, I think, I think you're just saying these nice things because he gets y'all some pretty sweet gifts around Christmas, doesn't he? That's the only reason you guys talk good about him. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be saying if it wasn't true. How many years you've been there and tell me what all you've gotten from Russell Wilson. Uh, so this past year we got, um, we got these like sweet, they're called like fat bikes or fat scooters. Oh yeah. Those things are sweet. You know, the ones you put your golf those things are real on. sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah. We got those. To hell um, with you. <laughs> yeah. Those were sick. Those, those are my favorite ones. Um, so we were all riding them around. It has like six, six speakers on it. Um, so we were all like bumping the music, riding them around. So it's a, it's a freaking zoo up there uh, <laughs> in Seattle. You guys at the complex freaking going in the parking lot, probably racing those things for for a band or two, just saying what's up. That's awesome, man. Well, well, Ethan, man, I love you. You know, I, I, I wish I could have played more years with you. Had a great time with you. The one we got to spend together. Love seeing what you do every week, man. You're a grinder, competitor. You're going to play in the league a long time. Thanks so much for for a little bit of time you gave us tonight. I know you guys don't get a lot of free time. So so thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. You're the man, Pokes. Appreciate you, brother. Hey, appreciate y'all having me on. Good luck this year. Zach, getting things started here, let's do a little recap on some of the uh, cornerstone games from week one that we predicted and looked at after seeing ball being played. Want to hear about some of your uh, – you know, what, what your perception is on some of these teams and how, how the outcome of week one went. Um, starting off, let's recap, you know, what we called the second game of the week. Obviously, Georgia Clemson was number one, but Alabama-Miami was two uh, top 15 rated teams playing in Atlanta. Alabama, you know, did Alabama things, ran away with it. What was your take on Bryce Young's play and overall the game there? I mean, you tell me your take. You know, it doesn't take a, a, a washed up NFL quarterback to see how good the kid play. Oh, yeah. He, I thought here's what I'm going to say. I think he we knew he was an outstanding talent. Uh, excited to see him come in and start. Obviously, he broke a couple records, like you said earlier, you know, records that might be broken year after year and the way football is being played now and the ball's being spread out. Uh, but overall, what I took away from Bryce Young's play was um, – his, his in-game IQ. There was a lot of times where he could have ran the ball and put himself at risk. I think he could have chalked up 100-plus yards, rushing yards, escaping the pocket. He made decisions. Uh, a couple of them turned into touchdown passes. A couple of them were just smart, get out of bounds or get rid of the football or dunk and dive. Uh, I was really impressed with his in-game IQ for the amount of experience he has so far on the big stage like that. Look, man, his high school coach, you know, and I might be mistaken, but I, I am almost certain that this guy said he is intelligent wise. He is the smartest guy, football IQ, that he has ever had. The same coach had Matt Barkley, had Matt Leinert, had JT Daniels. 
Bryce Young is the one that's impressed him most over the years, right? Yeah, that's a compliment for show. So, I mean, look, this guy was calling his own plays two years of high school, right? You know, he's doing Johnny United's things at 15. Uh, so, obviously, you know, you, when you watch – being a former quarterback, when you watch quarterbacks, you know, obviously stat lines are great. But you watch how a guy operates. You watch how efficient he is, you know. When certain situations like third down, red zone efficiency, things like that is what you what you really try to try to you know hone in on. But um, I mean, come on, flying colors. This guy passed right. Yeah, I so, agree. Uh, it's 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 gonna be exciting. I mean, what was you know his third game he's played in, Riley? Yeah, first start. First start yeah, third game he's played in. Um, he found some guys, Cameron Latu, the tight end, who's going to be second string coming to the season, had his first two ever career catches were touchdowns. I mean, he's going to he's going to make players who aren't necessarily jump off the page, jump out of the magazine playmakers look really good. I think he's got an exciting year ahead, an exciting career. Um, transitioning into a not so exciting game to watch, but it was our game of the week was Georgia Clemson and Charlotte. There wasn't an offensive touchdown scored in this game, Zach. Um Seven sacks on uh, your boy. You took Clemson here on your boy, DJ Ugalele. Uh, they couldn't protect the guy. And Georgia's defense looked dominant. What'd you take away from JT Daniels' performance, the game overall? You know, JT, 22 30, 135, one pick. A lot, you know, it's a lot of and battle, right? These, these yeah. are obviously the two, from what we've seen, right? Alabama, you know, we don't know what Miami's offensive output is, but. Georgia and Clemson, you know, historically have been great with their staffs, defenses. You know, they, they, Jesus, you know, how many years of five stars they have built up is really starting to show on the defense side for both those teams, right? These are both high profile quarterbacks, both execute, both smart guys. Neither of them looked worth a damn, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't have, access to all 22 so like i can't really see what these guys are reading unfortunately um but again this this goes back to kind of old school you know people are so used to these high scoring games but you know it used to be more prevalent that early games offenses look pretty rough you know like it, it's a little bit slower to start right football offensively you have one guy do something wrong plays usually busted defense you have one guy break through a block make tackle in the backfield other 10 could do something wrong you know what i'm saying so like it's definitely different um so it's just tougher to execute early on for offenses but i mean again these two defenses are the best around um so definitely a tough week for them but all things considered it's it's definitely easy uh easier going going forward for those guys um having to deal with such a tough team early on it's only going to pay dividends for them. Um, but, again, I'm excited to see what JT Daniels can do against other teams. Yeah, definitely. And like, like we said last week, you know, regardless of the outcome of that game, don't write either team off uh, as far as a playoff run or the success of the season. It's best yeah. to lose the top five team first game of the year. Right. Clean, you know, clean sheet. Off see, defensive, see the top four, either of those two defensive teams, touchdown. You know? Um, it was a hyped up game. It was a little bit anticlimactic to watch it, but man, defenses showed out. Um, sore subject here, Zach, bringing it up, but got to talk about it. LSU got, at UCLA. Got to talk about it. Let's go. <laughs> LSU at UCLA. I mean, um, you know, my takeaway from LSU was uh, Boutte, number one, the receiver. Booty, Boutte, 
Butah, whatever the Cajun formal uh, however, however you want to say it. Whatever you want to say. I'm it. sure he's heard every version. <laughs> the kid's a stud. We knew that coming into the season. He broke a LSU record for t- uh, only player ever in history to have two consecutive games with three-plus touchdown receptions, which I think is pretty cool. Granted, it's season to season, but still, uh, he did not disappoint. He can make any quarterback look good. I was not blown off the paper with Max Johnson. Uh, I thought he made a couple good decisions, a couple good passes, but like I said, receivers set him up on a couple of those. A slant, a six-yard slant route turned into a 35-yard touchdown on one of those plays. I also saw him for the first time ever, ever watching football. Um, I saw him throw an incomplete pass from behind his back under pressure. That's scary stuff getting into SEC ball. Uh, surely that was, you know, a decision that won't be made again. But um, what's your take on Max Johnson, the LSU offense, and kind of overall the team performance? And we knew it was going to be a challenging game traveling out there, but uh, what do you expect from them coming back to Baton Rouge? Well, first and foremost, dude, I blame Patrick Mahomes for doing all the cool shit that he does. Because yeah. Max Johnson knew where that drag route was going to be. And he's like, I just got to get it in the vicinity. Let me just sling this behind my back. Mahomes would do it. And uh, fortunately, he did throw it away and didn't get picked. But it was definitely a, a scary thing that, you know, you got to calculate the risk playing quarterback. And that wasn't smart. But I think that, you know, and, and again, you know, obviously I'm, I'm more indebted to them and, and watch them. When I, you know, when I can more, there's so many games that we try to keep up with and you can only see highlights, but you know, I watched that one and I know they're playing down a lot, but man, you asked that kid third start, 47 pass attempts, right? And he executed well, right? He's a smart kid. Got a pedigree, but they, you know, they talked about it. I've been watching film with his dad since eighth grade. Still his third start on the road in the Rose Bowl, asking him to throw it 47 times. And then here's the, their kicker. Uh, not their kicker, the kicker. Uh, he rushed it 11 times. You know, I don't know how many of those were flushed out of the pockets and designed runs. I, you know, I got to watch the game again. Running back, 13 carries. Only 13 Shoot. carries by a non-quarterback. Yeah. Okay, I understand you're behind. It's tough. It's tough to win football games with any level of quarterback doing that, let alone, you know, third start guy. So again, I just think they asked way too much of a young dude. Um, yeah, and which do. which is baptism by fire. I think he'll grow from that. I really hundred percent. But you know, being a coach, you try to set your guys up for success the best way yeah. you can. And again, thought process playing from behind. There's so many factors. I understand, man, and, and you know, I, I can't really sit here and judge unless you know I talk to Coach Pete and it's like, hey, what is your thought? You know. But that's just a tough situation looking at a stat sheet. You know, it's a recurring theme that's not usually winning football. So hopefully they can alleviate some of that pain and give, you know, Max a little breather and, and hand the ball off more for for their next one. And, I, and I'll tell you this, too. I, I think that we underestimated. I know that we, we had a week zero game with UCLA versus Hawaii that we got to see a half or three quarters of UCLA football. I, I don't think it's fair to uh, belittle the loss in the terms that UCLA was the impo- the opponent. I think UCLA's offense is – Dude, they, they've got the weapons. Chip Kelly, it's Chip Kelly's Chip Kelly's back. back. Everybody's yeah. been like, oh, this guy's this guy's gotten – he's gotten no, fatter he's got, and older over the years. Chip Kelly's still – He's still got his system things. back. He's got some talent in the right places. Well, we got, they were impressive. You know, he's, he's, it takes time to recruit the dudes you need. Sure. The body and types it, you want. Well, he's a system coach. What you do. 
and and to a degree, but like there's a lot of NFL teams that still do stuff that he does. Schematically, football is football. You know, he he redesigned the wheel to a certain extent, made it more efficient in certain ways, but it's still a wheel. You yeah. know, I agree. He didn't recreate it. So, but again, he, UCLA came out. They they showed Pac-12 needs to look out, right? Yeah. Or LSU, LSU needs to prepare for a, a 500 year. We don't know, yeah. right? It's college football week one. We'll see week two. Yeah, exactly. It's early. Um, All right. Next, next, we're going to talk about the deg. Um, what was that Monday? That's Monday night game, right? Last yeah, night. It was, yeah, it was the uh, Labor Day special. Ole Miss, Louisville, and Atlanta. God, dude. It's like Lane Kiffin. All the Lane games Kiffin are rolling. was out. Man, I was so devastated when uh, you know. Dude, into last talk week, about we just talked about. Degum COVID. And, you know, Kevin made a great case. freaking point. He said, look, yeah, breakthrough case, but we're 100% vaccinated. Because of that, all my close contacts don't miss any time. They test, they were negative, they are still there. Yeah. That's crucial he, in a football absolutely. season. So, all you NFL he, guys that we just talked about, get the shot. Get a Degum, get a, get a shot, bud. And Kiffin even admitted, he said early early on in the process, in the spring and into the summer at first, he was like, I was a little bit hesitant on it, you know, didn't think, you know, and then he goes, then it was just comes down to the bottom line, and, the means and, for the team, huge, and he's like, had to do it. How huge is it now? Yeah. They played said, Louisville, I'm tough so glad team I did. with a good quarterback. I mean, Corral came out, he was hot. They, they did a lot of awesome things offensively. I mean, Kiffin, even though he wasn't there, you know, that staff he's got, they all gel and work together, they were fire, but... What sucks playing quarterback when you when you complete a pass on the five yard line, you usually got to hand it off for that touchdown. So Corral's stats were very efficient, a lot of yards, not as many touchdowns as you want with a game like that, which is unfortunate. But yeah, they scored points late, which which counts. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was a little bit yeah. of a slow start. It was like thinking they were going to come out and, and Louisville, you know, couldn't get things rolling. I think they were trying to rely a little bit too much on. Um, it was back first the, game of the year, man. Offense takes yeah usually takes a second. You know they they relied a little bit too heavily on the read uh, early on. It didn't really let Malik get comfortable. I think once he did, we saw the talent he is. He's going to have an outstanding year. Um, I think he's an outstanding talent. Uh, but props, honestly, props to Ole Miss's defense. They brought in the uh, the transfer kid, the linebacker 44 from Maryland. They brought in um, – they got the safety, the Jenkins kid. I mean, that, they, they had some guys moving and shaking. There was, to be noted, there was, I think, five, four or five total uh, ejections for targeting. So both those teams need to go back this week and practice tackling. Um, and I don't know if that was because it was a primetime game and they're getting called out, but a lot of it was crowned ahead. And so, as Tom, as Tom Moffat says, man, you got to get that piss hot. And their, their, their piss was definitely hot. Targeting. Yeah, it's fun to watch. And <laughs> Ole Miss is going to be going to be a team to watch, like we like we've thought and suspected. Um, excited to see them in the West and what they can do. Um, that's a quick little recap there on some of the strongest games. You know, we had some other SEC teams. Vanderbilt, you know, completely crapped the bed. No shock there that we knew that there was a chance there. I'm worried about them going into this. I, you week. know, I, Texas A and M started it's, out it's slow. ETSU, man, it's not MTSU. It's complete, like completely different division. I I am baffled by Vanderbilt, man. Baffled. Yeah. Like we knew that Clark Lee's got a uphill battle trying to turn that. I program know, around. dude, but it's like, not going to be still, a not, dude. You're telling me ETSU's got better better dudes than Vanderbilt? I know it's tough we'll recruiting just, a Vanderbilt, but well, just not gone, scoring man. a touchdown at home on breakout week is tough. Uh, um, that's that, yeah, that, hopefully, you know, hopefully, 
Coach Rye and Lee can get that that sorted out, man. So again, yeah, what we talked we, about, they got an uphill battle. Again, they can only go up from here. Yeah, and A and M ended up running away with it, but they had a shaky start against Kent State, uh, Mississippi yeah, but, State. Our Leech boys squeaked one out by a point against La Tech. Um, Arkansas ended up handling business, but a slow start there against Rice. Uh, Missouri didn't cover like we didn't think they would against Central Michigan. They pulled out a 10-point lead. Um, Bowling Green got handled by Tennessee, but, man, Tennessee, that you know, I, I watched that game with some Tennessee fans, some family friends that are Tennessee fans, and they're, uh, they're up two or three touchdowns, and, and they're complaining about it. And I'm like, hold on now. You got a new coach. This is the most point shelf scored since Jesus was a baby. Dude, and, they scored uh, on the first two drives, and ESPN was like, hey, they haven't done this, and – yeah, God they, knows hadn't how long. Than, they hadn't scored more than seven points in the first quarter in 15 games. I was like, baby steps, man. You know, take the win, the small wins. You got yeah, a big, you got look, a big victory. Dude. I know it didn't go as well as you wanted it to, but I mean, things could be I, worse. I'm I'm a big um you know big dead um Milton fan, but whoo, he's you know he's got some stuff to work on. He's got some you know slow dead feet sometimes. Started off yeah, hot. God, man, what a what a take him hose piece the guy has but yeah, yeah he's through, know, through some souvenirs can, to some fans i can relate man you got to get that thing under control and throw some touch anticipation but uh god bless man he looks part he helps in their rpo game and run game quarterback wise i mean he can get it figured was, out and high pull you know with their their extra wide split receivers um you know who knows they put up points would, they got dudes yeah. we'll see and I'll say this about Milton. He, I'm, I'm with you. His feet were dead in the pocket a lot of times. Granted, he had enough time back there. He should have paid rent a few times. But he, uh, he's he got a cannon of an arm. I, I worry about his hesitation running the ball. You're a six foot five, 250, 260-pound guy. He's he's trying to read like a scat back, and he's he's you know dipping a shoulder to take a hit. It's like you know yeah. go Cam Newton, find your crease, get downhill north and south, and get those three yards, and don't hurt well, yourself. You know. But we'll see. I mean, that, like just because he they, looks like Cam doesn't mean you know it doesn't oh, mean no, he's Cam yeah. necessarily. You can look, right? look like Tarzan. We can't expect look, a guy. Yeah, Tarzan Jane. Love yeah, look like Tarzan. Play like Jane. But uh, I don't think I, he's the Jane quite yet. I think he's gonna. I don't either. You know, get it going once he starts again. How long has he been? He's a month in the offense. He probably still doesn't understand reads completely. That's why his feet were dead. That's why he was you know holding the ball and pointing downfield. Uh, but you know. We'll see. Once Heupel, Heupel's got him under control, he's a good coach. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then, you know, so that's kind of a quick recap on week one. Zach, take us into our week two slate. It's not a very exciting week two slate, but there's there's a couple games that stand out. Let's go ahead and get our picks in here for the swirly sake. Oh, God, swirly, buddy. We need to get a toilet flush sound effect there, Mr. Carter. This week's picks, we got some good games, you know, but week two, if you play a tough game, you usually want to get a cupcake in, try and mitigate that loss if it happens. But first off, we got Tennessee and Pitt, the Pitt Panthers, which I don't know if everyone knows, but Pittsburgh Panthers and Pittsburgh Steelers share a facility. It's the same place. It's crazy, but um, tough. I like Pitt. I like their coach. Riley, what do you think? Yeah, Pitt's favorite three and a half in this game. Um, 
I, I'm going Tennessee. I think Tennessee pulls the upset. Um, I think that they had enough to work off from this past week, especially playing a primetime game on a Thursday. I think they've had a, you know, 10, 11 day um, turnaround here and have had time to break it down and kind of, I think I, I got faith in Hypel after seeing him come out and kind of set a pace of play, which Tennessee didn't, I had to tell one of my buddies I'm watching the game with, he didn't understand the, the substitution rule. And he's like, why are they trying to slow the, I said, well, well if you, Substitute guys on offense, you got to give the defense time to substitute guys. I know y'all aren't used to that here yeah. at Tennessee. But I think that between his pace of play, the talent that was shown, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of work to be done. But I think with the uh, few extra days of time and coming in as an underdog at home, I think um, the Vols rock and get it done and pull off the upset. I've got Pitt. I've got Pitt winning this one, guys. So just run yeah, me down there. Alex, as a innocent bystander in the football world, uh, <laughs> why why do you pick Pitt? Give me give me you know, give me your thought I, process. I think uh, Tennessee they had an easy game last week, and you know I picked them to lose, but they made it happen, right? But I still think they're a little too discombobulated. Like Pittsburgh's, it's just got a great program, and their offense is just going to kick butt. That's fair. All right, next game: Kentucky and Mizzou. Uh, our first SEC mashup, right? SEC yeah, first, East battle. Yeah first, yeah, first conference battle. So, so first, first, you know, first game with conference implications. Um, after this past week, oh, I like I like Levis. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kentucky. You know, I do like Basilak. You know, I think this is pretty pretty push match. You know, evenly matched guys. Uh, what's the spread on this, Riley? That might change my picky. Um, I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Pull it up. Pull it up. We can wait. Oh. We can wait. All the right. viewers, they want to know too. We we got to have it. I had to go on a dead gum DraftKings gambling deal. And these guys are like, hey, we're gambling. Minus three is all. you going to do it. And of course, I'm like, of course. So they lost money because of me. My bad guys. Wow. So you listening. so you doubled you doubled down on your swirly pick and then another podcast is gambling. Oh pick. dude, and they lost money if they bet what oh, I said. No. So I feel terrible. Oh, Just no. uh that's why you don't uh, athletes don't know. We don't care yeah, about the spread. By one or a hundred. We don't yep. care. This one's got so anyways, uh, Kentucky minus four and a half. So Missouri's getting so, four and a half points. Kentucky's ah, favorite. Okay, it's Kentucky's that, favorite. Does that See, change thank your you. That's what you got to. That, that's what you got to say, because a minus four and plus four and all that it doesn't comprehend in my non gambling mind. You got to say that Kentucky's favored, but yeah, I, yeah, Kentucky's help. favorite four and a half. And who's at home? Kentucky. Ooh, let's go, it's, Kentucky! It's, it's in Lexington. Yeah, I need some, I need some Dickie Lions reincarnation. Stevie Johnson, Andre Woodson. I need it, Kentucky. Let's go, Will Levis. I'm going to choose uh, Missouri here for no other reason than I think they have a decent program. <laughs> you ever been to Carter Columbia, Missouri? Hey, Carter said, Never I, I, hope, it, I hope it's a good game. Everybody has fun and nobody gets hurt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go team, go. A tie. I'm on. Uh, I'm with you, Zach. I'm on Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky covers the spread. Oh, Basilak kid looked good, but he made some mistakes. I think that uh, – 
you know, they squeaked out a win over Central Michigan, which we, we said that, or I said that might happen. They might not cover there. But coming into Lexington, I'm not betting against Mark Stoops. I got the dude, wild Dude, Lexington, dude, they, their program's on the rise, man. Like, they're, they're going to be hyped. You know, they haven't been there. Mm. It's going to be nuts. So it's going to be a tough game for sure. The next one we got on the slate is uh, the Texas Longhorns coming down and playing at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas had a, a, a good outing this past week, Zach. Uh, Texas beat up on ULL. They they kind of closed the game off late there, but uh, a lot of things promising for the Longhorns and Sarkeesian in his first year. What's your take on that game? Who do you got? So Arkansas, KJJ, last week, 12-21, one touchdown. Nine attempts, eight nine rush, and two touchdowns. So guy guy can score, right? Got a good coach. Gonna you know, coach to his abilities. Uh, but I just you know, it's tough, right? This is a tough pick. Texas, yeah. a lot of a lot of variables, unknowns. New coach, does he have the guys? Hudson Card looked pretty good. You know, we'll see. This is this is definitely a toss up, tough one for me. What's the spread there, right guy? Uh, let me double check with my sources here. Okay, are you a Google guy? Are you are you a Safari guy? Uh, I'm on Google, brother. Oh, okay, okay. Um, we got Texas minus six. So, so they're a hmm. touchdown favorite. Yeah, they're a six point favorite. Texas is coming to Arkansas. Woo. God, Vegas, dude, and the bets and how and you know I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Texas. I like Sark. Yeah. I like I like their offense. Hopefully, hopefully, they can get rolling. So I got Texas. They cover. Carter, who you got, brother? I'm still rolling with the Hogs. Woo, SEC, we let's go SEC. I like it. You know, both these teams last week came out with a little bit of a slow start. Arkansas was trailing 10 points to Rice in the third quarter before scoring 31 points unanswered and kind of running away with it. It's one of those games where the scoreboard was not indicative of the matchup. Hey, man, um, I told you. I can say it again. Offense takes a little time. Yeah, it does. And I, But I expect to see Arkansas's offense come out and firing. Um, this game, they're getting up for a game like this, obviously. Um I'm I'm taking the upset. I'm going to take Arkansas to win the game. I'm taking them plus the six points. I want them covered, smothered, and chunked. I like the Hogs getting up for a big game like this. Texas had a top 25 matchup at home. Uh, they got a little bit comfortable. I think traveling away and coming into pig suey territory, I, I like to see the SEC team win right here. Hey, real quick. Smothered, covered, and chunked is what? Smothered uh, onions. Covered is cheese, cheese, cheese. and chunked is chunked as ham. <laughs> what's what's the chili one? Oh, that's birds. That's covered. Yeah, or top. Uh, yeah, that's uh, top. You gotta be a you gotta like be you're on Jeffrey Dahmer's level if you're yeah, getting some, freaking chili at seven thirty at Waffle House on your hash browns with onions and jalapenos. Like God, you got to sit in a if cold creek all day after that. Yeah, I would say if it if it's not February in a very snowy, cold state, I can't sit with you at Waffle House if you're eating birch chili. It's gonna affect me just from being at the same booth with you, brother. All right, great, great segue from birch chili to Alabama Mercer. 
<laughs> oh, Alabama. I mean, there's nothing to say about this game. Uh, Hopefully the yeah. third four stringers get a bunch of time. You, this is one of those games, as an Alabama fan, you, they sit back and you hope Nick Saban doesn't get a starter hurt trying to find perfection in the first half. Um, it's going to be a blowout. Hope everybody stays healthy. You know, I can't wait. You know, I, I just want to know what Mercer got paid. A whole lot of money, hopefully, you know, because, gosh, it might be a game where they come up with some injuries, you know, could derail their season. But I'm not picking the upset. I got Bama. Roll Tide. I'm going to go with the uh, controversial pick here. I'm going to I'm going to go Bama 100%. Who am I kidding? Come on. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, you nervous. <laughs> oh, man. Next, we got the Fighting Leechers, Mississippi State versus the Wolfpack, NWO of NC State. We taking uh we taking staying with the red face wolf pack or we got we believe in the leechers after they gave up thirty four to La Tech. I'm I'm sticking with the Bulldogs, man. I'm sticking with State. Uh, that they, they did not look great at, by any means, but this is a game where you know I think they buckle the chin strap up. Look at what they did wrong. SEC versus ACC. I'm riding with our conference boys and Leech. I got the Bulldogs. I'm going to go with NC State. You know, they had a great game against South Florida, 45-0, blew them out of the water. And I think they're going to roll with that kind of passion into this next game. I love You know I love Leach. I love him more, more than the average Joe. The guy's a pirate, for God's sakes, people. But I'm taking NC State. I just think, you know, it won't be by much, but I think they're going to squeak it out. It's going to be a, a high-scoring game. Um, a lot yeah, of they're, offense they're fi- versus no defense, right? Mississippi State, that's what they got right now. And my NC homie, State's all- favored. Oh, let's go then, for mm, sure. Two and a half points. It's and NC State I, you know, I, I got a, a good buddy here in Nashville, Audie Cole. If any NC State fans are listening, y'all know who he is. Great middle linebacker. But, uh, yeah, we're rolling with the Wolfpack. Let's go, Audie. That's my differentiating pick right there so <laughs> far. Yeah, dude, I uh, shoot. I hope I need it to get back. <laughs> Needed to get back. Let's go state. Um, next, we got Alabama State Auburn. Dude, talk about mm. a dude who really, you know, quieted any possibilities that TJ Finley or there was a competition, right? You know, seems like that was more of a ploy by the staff to uh, try to get the most out of Bo. But I mean, dude, yeah, that, the stat line, right? And it was against oh, who was Akron, the, Akron again, the 100, 125th dude, you can say worst what team you want. in the country. You can say what you want, dude. You go out there and you throw 20 of 22 for three touchdowns. That's efficient, dude. Not everybody's doing that against cupcakes, right? He's going out there. That dude's trusting his reads, seeing what he sees, throwing it to guys in his color jersey. So, like, and the, the good news is, is he, he's got another cupcake this week. You know, it's like, how do you, what a better way to build confidence? Play the worst, one of the worst teams in the country to one of the second worst teams in the country. Um, so I think I'm, I think Bo Nix goes off again. I think I agree. I think that he's gonna. It's great for them. The schedule is for him to build his confidence. I agree that TJ Finley doesn't stand much of a chance at this point. Good, but yeah, hey, good insurance. Absolutely, you can't ask Hunter, for that yeah. backup. But yeah, I'm with you. I got Auburn rolling on the plains. War Eagle, let's go. That's my pick. Auburn over Alabama State. Do you know they're also Tigers and Plains men? So don't get it. Don't get it's, it wrong. It's so confusing. They got it is, eagles, it is too tiger, confusing. Yeah. I don't even Lions know. And how tigers you... and bears. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> All right, next we got we got the Zeb Nolan led USC, 
the freaking Oconee County Warrior went out last week and dialed it up. You know, didn't ask a lot of them, but when they got down to the red zone, was efficient, had four touchdowns, not a lot of yards, but man, love throwing touchdowns as a quarterback. Uh, they got ECU. The East Pirates. Carolina sometimes got some uh, got something that could upset you, right? Um, yeah. Do we know? Do we know the spread on this, Riley? Uh, I don't know if what it is or if there is one, but it's I know it, I know the game's at ECU, um, and so mm. that you know don't care. That, I'm fact, t- that it's a rowdy that's a rowdy little place. Is it? I have never heard about ECU's fan base. And they're it's pirates rowdy. as well. They're wild. They're like kind of like the uh, they're kind of like West Virginia's little stepbrother. Like they're they're known to you know get drunk and light cat couches on fire and stuff. Hillbillies. They're, they're You're saying they're yeah. hillbillies out there. They're the ones who couldn't get into uh, you North said Carolina. It, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm taking Zeb Nolan. Got to go. Okay. Warriors. Love the I story. I mean, the guy's yeah. older than freaking half of the NFL. He's yeah. like he's like three years older than Juju, and Juju's been in the league for six years now, however long he's been in the league. Holy but uh, go Zeb. Yeah, I also have uh, South Carolina winning, uh, mostly because you know it's an SEC team. It's hard to it's hard to win against the SEC teams unless you're apparently Vanderbilt, and in that case, yeah, dude, you can't can't bank on that. <laughs> we got some flukes st- out here. I stand corrected. ECU is favored in this game. <sighs> <laughs> don't care. Let's go. A, a point and a half. So well, I'm, uh, I'm glad you told me now. I mean, what is a point and a half in a? You know, is that even a that's favorite? A, I mean, it it can be, but yes, it's it's more of a money line bet of coin toss. Who's going to win the game? Uh, I'm I'm riding with. I'm still with my pick. I'm still taking Zeb Nolan, your Coney boy, and uh, South Carolina Gamecocks going to ECU and upset them. But I'm just telling you, watch out for East Carolina at home on a big game like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's and rowdy. It won't be surprising if that it's happens. Gonna be a, that's for it's going to sure. be a bad a bad day to be a bush light. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! All right, UGA versus UAB, Alabama Birmingham revived their program. How you feel about the Alabama Birmingham program there, Rye? They're impressive. I mean, when you look back to what what was it four years ago that they were no, told they're no longer a program, um, they've done that. Coach um, Clark, Coach Clark has done an incredible job getting recruits in and, and and continually building on his program. They they have talent. They're not going to be able to play with Georgia, unfortunately, especially <laughs> between the edges. We saw Georgia's defense against Clemson. I, I'd be surprised if UAB you know, gets on the board, but ten, um, do they get 10 sacks? Uh, I no, think, yeah, no, I think Georgia, but gosh, if they did, you could it, believe they it. could. It's one of those where, yeah, I mean, UAB's quarterback now, uh, watched him play last week. Uh, I think they had the Wednesday night game against Jacksonville state. He threw some strikes. He threw some darts. He laid some balls in there. Uh, the kid's a competitor. He's a senior. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to back down from the challenge, but there's just no way to beat that Georgia Bulldog team when you're playing out of Conference USA. Yeah, not when you're a Blazer out of Birmingham. You ain't going to beat the Dogs of Athens. What nope. do you got there, AC? I got Georgia. Come on. Okay, okay. I, you know, nation. I got to ask. I can't, you know, I can't assume with you. <laughs> We're going Dogs for sure. I mean, the defense showed up last week, and they're going to do the same thing. All right, Florida, South Florida. South Florida, you said just got beat by NC State. How much to none? A lot to none, right? Forty-five. Yeah, it was like forty-five. Zero. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of disappointing, the, the Gators. I mean, 17-27 from our guy EJ. We expected a lot of things. 113 yards, one touchdown, one two picks. Excuse me, two picks. But uh, he had, you know, 10 rushes, 75 yards. That's 75, a pop. You know, that's that's what he brings to the table. I just thought he'd be more efficient passing game versus, you know, a non-SEC opponent. But good opportunity for him to to bounce back and uh you know try to get some uh confidence and start rolling but uh yeah i got i got florida come on yeah i agree with you i'm on florida as well i think ej i think emory jones comes out and uh shakes it up this week they they had a little bit of a lull start uh in the swamp uh knowing who dan mullen is the type of coach he is the players they have down there i think they shake it up this week and light a fire under everybody's ass and takes offense takes offense longer to get going so maybe yeah, you know, it does. Hopefully, hopefully does. that's what the the answer for all these are. But again, yeah, we'll see. Week two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right? Who you got, Carter? Uh, Florida man definitely is going to need to lock it down and then take it to prison. Florida man's going to show up high on bath salts <laughs> and take over the game. Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> Dude, they, should they, should they change their mascot from the University of Florida Gators or should University it go to the Florida University man. of Florida Florida man? Florida man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the thing where you can Google you Google like your birthday, there's like June twenty fifth, yep. Florida man, and see what headline pops up. It's like Florida man got a DUI on a push lawnmower and threw it at a cop. <laughs> oh, not even George Jones could do that. Unbelievable. Uh, who's, right, next? Text, who's next? Texas A and M, Colorado. Good game I got here. Jimbo. Uh, I got Jimbo. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, another team that kind of had a slow start against a, a wary opponent in Kent State at home in Aggie Land, but you know the scoreboard doesn't indicate it. They ran away with it. Finally, got in their groove, as you've said over and over. Zach takes the offense a little bit to get started. It did. <laughs> Texas A&M's defense is filthy. They're playing this game at a neutral site, but it's in Colorado's backyard, playing it at the Bronco Stadium in Denver. Uh, don't see that having a huge effect, but you got to account for altitude. Uh, you can ask my brother who tried to hike a uh, 14er with Branch Campy this summer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. they, looked like, they, oh. they looked like they've been stranded in a desert for six days by the time oh, it was all dude. said and done. So altitude is a factor, but I don't think it, it shakes uh, the Aggies and Jimbo. I see them getting the win and covering. Yeah, I'm so glad our friends and your brother didn't die that day. Uh, never <laughs> underestimate a, a, a hike when you yeah, drank when beers the night before. Right. Oh, man. I had trouble walking up the stairs in Colorado. That was that yeah, bad. It'll do it. <laughs> Who's uh, next? I got to, Who you got, Carter? Uh, I'm going to go with Colorado. Just uh, shake it up a little bit. I like it. Yeah, and then and we'll see what happens. I'm telling you, this guy, we're going to be like, you're going to be 500 with these picks. He's going to be at 900 pick, and we're going to, me and you are going to be <laughs> yeah. a 500 rally with all we know, I, right? I know. Yeah, I know. Next time, we should just ask the eight ball. And then we can judge ourselves based on what the eight ball says. All right. Well, here it is, eight ball. I'm going to ask you right now. Shake it up. Uh, The other team in Colorado is playing Vandy. Does Vandy have a chance? Are they going to win, eight ball? Contacting the Oracle. Will Vandy win? My sources say no. (laughs) Well, there's my decision, folks. Yeah, I'm with that, too. damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. Hate to break it to you and your door fans, but uh, after the after the uh, performance we saw from Vanderbilt last week against ETSU, I don't have any faith in them traveling to what we've talked about higher altitudes against a pretty good program in Colorado State. I'm I'm, I'm taking Colorado State Rams. 
You know, I've, I think the Van, I think Vandy's going to pull it together. I think you better pick Vandy every it. week, you sucker. <laughs> no, they got man. a shot this I mean, week. They are knocking on the door. Vandy. What you, like three. being a Vandy fan, right? You know, obviously every football fan starts with optimism beginning of the year, right? Do you guys get mad that that happened? No, it's it's part of the game. Hey, Riley, what if that was part of the game in Alabama? Uh, it, I mean, it was. It, it, it has been before. You just lo- expect to lose, but not for long. Um, I couldn't do it for as long as Vandy's done it. You'd, you you would have been an Auburn fan by now. No, no, no. I, I it for, I, <laughs> you would switched to LSU. You would have gone to LSU. Yeah, I'd say I'd root, I'd root for a lot of people and things before I'd root for Auburn. But I, hey, I would, we don't it, have it bias would, on this podcast. You sh- you shut your be, mouth. Um, it would be really hard to be a Vanderbilt football fan for this long. Uh, but respect to the people that are, I think there's like a hundred of them that have been fans for this long that show up to the games. So respect to those hundred respect to those guys. Yeah. All right. LSU bounce back versus McNeese. You know, people that don't know if LSU's wearing purple jerseys, it ain't going to be a good game. The purple jerseys are a curse. Wear it for a non-conference home game. McNeese state shoot. I think they played 2011. And then 2015, so you know it's known. McNeese has snuck up on LSU and scared them a couple times. Never won. I think LSU wins, and God, I hope they you know they do better. They they look better defensively, offensively, all around against a team yeah. they should look good against. So I got I got my Tigers. The little family curveball here. You got Cody Orgeron, Coach O's. Sons, the starting quarterback from McNeese State, coming into Death Valley. Uh, I agree with you, LSU all the way. So does uh, O like think, does O be like, hey man, don't be running so many uh, zone blitzes I, and disguised looks I, versus my kid. Let's just line up straight cover three and cover two. We're gonna win, no, but I want him to have a big day too. I, I got a feeling that Coach O is the same type of coach as he is dad, and he, he's a uh, he's a tough lover, and so I don't think he's taking it any easier on his son as he would on the next man. Um, I don't think we'll see any pregame, you know, smack talking walking into the stadium about their sissy blue colors. But I think LSU gets it done. He hey, keeps his foot out hey, of his mouth. And he beats Ed up o, on his little boy. Ed O's like, I can't take the belt to him anymore, but I can send my D line after his ass yeah. now. <laughs> how about, yeah, how about this? Let's have a belt. LSU Carter, who you got? LSU. He, I'm I'm yeah. picking the uh, the Tigers this time. All right, yeah, you better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one, man. We got the fighting Austin P. What was the? They're generals, right? Something like that. No, yeah, we'll call it that. I don't think so. And I'm sorry to any Austin P. fans, and I'm sorry for my ignorance on mascots and really just overall football You're knowledge. Right. The governors, the governors, <laughs> the governors. That was close. The governors. Yeah. Um, the but they're fighting. Old Miss, Lane Kevin's gonna be back. You know, first game. And another game. another another slowish start, but they, they came out against a, a good Louisville team. Corral put up some good, you know, good numbers, good efficiency. Didn't get to throw as many touchdowns as I'm sure he would like to, but he didn't turn it over. That's his big question mark coming into the season. Um did he turn it over? He didn't have, there's no turnovers by Ole Miss, right? Am I mistaken? Uh, they had a no, not by crowd didn't throw any picks. And he didn't have any fumbles, right? He didn't know. I think they they lost a fumble. A running back lost a fumble, maybe, but there was a turnover. But God, so many like watch. so many turnovers. We got to well, try and keep this, up with. Yeah, I know. And more than turnovers, like I said earlier, was the the damn targeting calls. There was oh. four or five, two or two or three each way on that. So uh, 
you know, there was more of a loss of personnel than there was turning the ball over there. But yeah, um, I know I know Cunningham threw a couple picks, but um, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Ole Miss all the way. Yeah, dude, Corral's going to make up those missed game. touchdowns. Uh, he's yeah. going to have like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be like Presbyterian's quarterback throwing 10, but he might throw six or seven. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Ole Miss for this one too. Jumping on the bandwagon and rolling with the Rebels. Awesome. That, that kind of wraps up the uh, wraps up the picks there for week two. We got a good outlook on it. Once again, not the strongest matchups, but as the season there's some progresses, good games. we start. You know, yeah, there's some good games, but once we start getting into some conference play, it'll get more yeah, we're, exciting. Yeah, we're we're ready for the thick of it. I know all the fans yeah. are too. And thanks again to our buddy Ethan Posick uh, for joining us tonight as our first guest on the first episode of Center of Attention. Uh, can't thank Red you enough Panda. for joining us, Ethan. Looking forward Red to Panda. watching you succeed this year with the Seahawks. So uh, join us next week and every week on SECQB, the podcast uh, presented by Believe. I'm your co-host, Riley Sinyard, our host, Zach Mettenberger, and our great producer, Mr. Alex Carter. As always, like and share, spread the good news, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week. Let's go watch some American football. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.